opportunity like to welcome each one here this morning. I don't need to tell you of the, uh, how last year was. We all know it was a year of uncertain times, not sharing, not being sure what the next month would hold. And we have no idea of next year what the year will hold. So I would like to encourage you in a couple of areas as we live our lives, and we should live our should have lived our lives that way last year, and also this year. But I was thinking, have we really changed over the year, this past year? Do you feel like maybe you're seeing something about you that is really you hadn't seen before. Well, the first area I would like to encourage you is to be a man after God's heart. And you, I want to go to David, and I'm going to read three verses here in different sections, so you don't need to turn to, and then I will go into another chapter later. But in 1 Samuel 13, Chapter 13, verse 14, it says, Now the kingdom, and this is, he was referring to Saul, shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Then we go to Acts 13, verse 14, uh, 22. It says, And when he removed him, he raised up unto him David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. So you see the difference of of approaching Saul and approaching David. Both of them, he had given his commandments. Saul didn't follow through, and David did. And that's why God um, looked at him and said, you're a man after my heart. And I want to go to 1 Kings also, chapter 15, verse 5. It says, Because David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, and turned not aside from anything that he commanded, him all the days of his life, save only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. So as I was reading through David's life, and what was it about David that God looked at him and said, here's a man that is after mine heart. Because if I looked at David's life, I don't see him any different than us. It was a man of struggles. He was a man that uh, had trials in his life. He had problems with people. People opposed him. Saul even sought to kill him. Absalom tried to take his kingdom away. Adonijah worked to pull the people away from David to himself. And even his wife despised him. So what was it about David that was appealing to God? And why, if David was a man after God's own heart, did God allow those things into his life? When David sinned with Bathsheba, we all know the story of he, they, they were out to war and David 
saw Bathsheba and, and took her in. And anyways, then he took, uh, sent Uriah out on the front line and killed him. And then he mentions here that David, or God was not pleased with that. That was a sin that David did. And David had to suffer lots of consequences because of that. But I want to see the approach of of what David said. It's in Psalms 51. When, When that was brought, when Samuel brought that to David and said, this is what you did. David's approach was different than what Saul's did. God, uh, um, yeah, Saul was made aware of what he did. And Saul's response was he blamed it on the people. But look at what David said in Psalms 51. I, just, I think I'll just read the first 14 verses. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my, out my transgressions. So he's saying, you know, don't blot me out because of what I did. Wash me uh, thoroughly my, from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. And that's different than what Saul did. He acknowledged it. And my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inner parts and in the hidden parts, that thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me from hyssop. And I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear glad and uh, joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from the pres- from thy presence. Take not thy holy spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and behold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God. Thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Do you see David's heart? He realized what he did, and he he was... He wanted God to restore that relationship that he had with him, and he didn't want God to just kick him out and, and replace him. But he was very concerned about that, and that is what God appreciates us. And I think that's what God, one of the first things I want to talk about is what God saw in David was the humility of, of David. And he's a a man after my heart as he's humbled himself. He did in this, but he did it throughout all the trials that David went through when he was hiding. In in all situations, he looked up to God and worshipped God. So the first thing I see of being a man after God's heart is humility. And that is a, I think, an area that um, 
I think we struggle. Um, well, I was going to say what we learned in Sunday school, but I, I don't want to go there. But I think we, we struggle in a lot of ways of putting ourselves under God. And I think when we sin, we don't realize the seriousness of, of what we've done. You know, I know lots of times we feel guilty, we feel maybe dirty, we feel uh, uneasy, but yet it soon passes. You know, we repent and then we do it again and we, we don't have a heart to, to worship God. And I want to get into to the, uh, here in a little bit about that. But we don't have a heart to give up our sinful flesh desires. We have a more love for ourselves than we do God, I guess I would say. We want to enjoy the pleasures of our life. The second thing that I see, and it kind of goes along with this, is David, David's love for God. And not only for his God, for God, but his love for God's law and a desire and a love for to be in the presence of God. I want to go to Psalms 119. This is a Psalm of David. But there are many verses in here that illustrate what I'm talking about. You know, God, uh, he, David did not just have a love for God, but he had a love for God's word. You know, Jerry mentioned this morning about reading through the Bible. And we had all the time in the world to do that this year, to read, but did we? Did we spend much time in his presence in his word and learning about God. So I'm going to just read some verses here and I'll give it to you and then you can follow along. I'm uh, Psalms 119, read verse 7 to verse 12. I will praise thee with an uprightness of heart. When I shall have learned thy righteous judgment, I will keep thy statutes forever or I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereunto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let not me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Do you see the spirit of David in that? In hiding the word of God in his heart and desiring wanting to keep his statues. Then we go down to verse 23. Or for me, it's going across the page. Verse 23. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statues. And thy statues is the law's and the commandments of God. And we have those in, in the Bible that we are reading of how to live our lives and what God does require of us. 
So he, del- he meditates in that. And then I want to read verse 48. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved. I will meditate in thy statues. We see again of the, the lifting up of hands, the worship of, of God's commandments. And verse 71 to 72. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statues. And I think that was one of the, the things that intrigued me about David, is God allowed those things in David's life that he might learn to trust him. And David understood that, that I might learn thy statues. The law of my mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. And to think of what we strive for this past year. Was it God's law or was it for financial reasons? And verse 92. Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine affliction. Verse 97. Oh, how love, oh, how love I thy the law. It is my meditation all the day. And we see what David's heart was. You know, if, if I didn't have that love and that desire for, for God, it would have been better for me to have perished. But David had a great love for, for God and his commandments. And also 103. Oh, how sweet, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Verse 127. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, then fine gold. Verse 131. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. 140. Thy word is very pure, therefore my heart loveth it. And 163 to 167. I hate and abhor abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgment. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. O Lord, Lord, I have hope for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. Seven times a day will I praise thee. How many times have we praised God through this whole thing? Well, I'll let you answer that. And then I want to go to verse 174. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. And then I want to go to Psalms 1, uh, verse 27, and read a verse... Psalms 27, verse 4. One thing that I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So that's the... 
an area that I, I can't bring out in my words, the love that David had for God and the love that he had for the, his law, for his word, which back then they would have just had the Old Testament. And then his love to go into the temple to be with God. Well, where is, where is God today? He's still there to love. And his commandments is the word of God. And, is to, and that's what I would like to encourage you, to have a love for his word this next year. Be a man after God's heart. And then to dwell with God. And where is God? It's in people. So where is God's people? Do we love to be around God's people? Do we fellowship? Do we encourage one another? Have you enjoyed the encouragement this past year with Christian friends as we went through this this time? And the third thing I see about David is his faithfulness. And going back to Psalms 119, I'll just read it quickly here. Teach, uh, yeah. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. The faithfulness of God in not only reading it, but understanding it and then taking it into your life and living it. You know, sometimes we can go through, we can hear good things come out of people's mouths, but then you don't see them living it out themselves. And then sometimes it's kind of a struggle to hear the individual. And maybe that's, maybe that's the case here today. You're seeing areas in my life that I could improve, especially my, my family. But having a love for, for God and then being faithful in that and not be wishy-washy and going with the crowds and doing the things that pleases us. And then the fourth thing I see is God, uh, David trusted God with all his heart. And I could find verses on that. But you see a David a trust, even the, the story of Goliath, of God trusting, David trusting God as he approached Goliath with just a slingshot. Would God say that about you? Do you have a heart after God? Do you have a love for God? Are you humble in your heart? and are willing to follow him. The second thing I would like to encourage you that goes along with, and I think it goes into the New Testament era, is allow the Spirit to work in your heart. You know, we say, be filled with the Spirit, but what does that all include? You know, David here, kind of on his, 
Well, I don't know how it was back then. You, you know, the, the Spirit did speak in different times and so on. But now we have the Spirit living within us. So we can have that same love that David had and have it probably more understanding than what David understood life and the process of life and so on. But I want to go to Galatians chapter 5. And in this it talks about um, having the fruit Uh, what the fruit of the Spirit is, but I, I'd like to read just a couple verses ahead of that. <laughs> I went Mark Colossians 5 instead of Galatians 5. Okay, uh, Galatians 5, 16, 18. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. So how does that, how does that uh, live out? Walk in the Spirit. The Spirit is guiding us. But where is the Spirit guiding us? To the truth. He's guiding us to the Father. And then it says here, And ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the lusts of the flesh, for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so that we cannot do the things that you would. So I see a battle going on, is I want to live with my, how I want to live. And then the Spirit wants you to live differently. And it it doesn't, it's contrary, because the Spirit is leading you to give up your rights and your desires to follow Him. And the flesh is giving up what is God's, for my desire. And we say, well, I don't totally abandon God. You know, I come to church and I pray and, and so on. But where, where's the balance? And I think that's for you to know or you to decide. But if you be led, verse 18, but if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. So are you walking in the Spirit? Well, let's go down to verse 22, verse 23. It talks here about the fruit of the Spirit, and we've talked about that before. But it's not fruits, but it's a fruit. So it's, it's a combination of all these things in your life. You can't pick out and say, oh, I have, I'm gentle, I'm good, I got the fruit of the Spirit in me. No, the fruit is a combination of all those so if you have one and like the other, I would question your relationship with the Spirit in that. But the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, a gladness, cheerfulness, um, no, I'm sorry, a love, and it's a love for the God and a love for, for what the Spirit is leading you to. It's a love for each other, a love for your brother, a love for your enemies, Uh, joy, gladness and cheerfulness, peace, a quiet rest in our soul. And I don't know about you, of if you've had a quiet rest in your soul this past year. Long-suffering, patience, gentleness, kind and goodness, 
goodness of faith, morally good, or faith, persuaded, having assurance, so we're fully persuaded uh, that we're going to follow God, and meekness is gentle, and humility, and intemperance is self-control, and that is being able to master our desires. So have you changed this past year? Or has this past year brought out really what's, what's on your heart? In a changing world, the world can change. The world can get good, it can get bad. But in this, we maintain that through the good and the bad. So if next year is good, then we will continue to be a man after God's heart and walk in his spirit. If the world is bad, we'll continue to, to work, uh, allow God live out the spirit of God, the heart of God in our lives. But, you know, I've heard the comment off and on, you know, if I had more time, I would read the Bible more. If I had more time, I would pray more. If I had more time, I would spend time with the children. You had lots of time this past year. You know, there was no church Wednesday night, no church Sunday night, short service in the mornings. We couldn't go. Well, you could go shopping, but you couldn't go out to eat. And, you know, we were, we were kind of at home. What did you do with those time, with that time that God has given to you? Um, there's a verse that talks about redeeming the time as in the day that it's evil. Have we found ourselves wasting our time? Did you spend more time reading? Did you spend more time praying? Did you spend more time with your children? Now, I don't mean being there with your children, but spending time with them, playing games with them. Um, You know, we can, if you're at my house, you can see a lot of phones going at the same time. You know, everybody's communicating with everybody else, and the communication within the home Um, is dropped for a period of time. Either way, um, how you had more time or less time, I think God's word was impacted in your life. And I think what what I'm saying here is, is your heart really showed where your heart is. You know, is your heart really in the reading? I mean, is that really what you want? Do you want to know more of, of who God is and, and read for comfort and read for um, peace and joy? Do we really, did we really need that? Do we need that in our lives? You know, we come Sunday morning and, and we go home and and live our lives. And 
yeah, we encourage our friends that we're close to, but are we really living how God would want us to live? It can be hard to admit, but we have often, we don't, I'll just read this. It can be hard to admit, but we often don't read the word because we don't believe it is as important. Okay, let me read it again. It can be hard to admit, but we often don't read the word because we don't believe. It is as important as it would like to think it is. We struggle with, basically, with unbelief. So we don't read the Bible because we think it's important and we want to we wanna believe, but we just read out of requirement. And it's kind of basic unbelief. You know, I read something, well, that don't apply to me today, and maybe I can find somebody that would agree with me on that, and so on. So are you a heart after God's heart? I know I stumbled through that. Sorry, but I didn't have it written down well enough. But I think we have too many competing desires in our heart that is taking us away from God's heart. So I think maybe this past year has exposed that to you, or could should have. And I would like to encourage you to give your heart to God and then walk in the Spirit. And, and walk in the Spirit in a way that we learn the Spirit's what the Spirit has to say. There's a lot of spirits out there, so we have to be careful that we don't follow the, the spirit of the world, but the spirit of, of this book. And this book will not bring us to a, a spirit of going against this book. So, so I encourage you to, to walk in the Spirit. Shall we stand for prayer? Thank you, Lord, for each one here this morning, and I just pray for a blessing on each one of us as we look to next year that we can just really give, have a heart to live out your heart, to have your heart within us, and we know we have your heart within us through the Holy Spirit leading us. And so I pray, Lord, for your blessing on that, and I do pray, Father, as that we as a church can be in a time of, of this to continue to encourage each other, to walk with each other, and to be there. And we just, Lord, pray for each one. Thank you for what you have done for us and giving us salvation and giving us the opportunity to accept you and to be brought up in homes that will encourage us in that. So we just want to give you the praise. And I do pray, Lord, for each father here that you would bless them in their relationship with their family and their leadership in their home. And we just pray that you would lead and direct there. And also pray for the grandmas and grandpas that we can be an example to them and encouragement to them and be able to walk with them through each trial they face. Give us safety as we go home and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated.